to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one renewed page of Talmud every day. And if you heard the theme music and noticed that it is different from the theme music you heard on the last episode, that is because we have now finished Tractate Eruvin and are on to the next Masechet, Psachim. And so we begin, as we always do, in the beginning and in Hebrew. I read. אור לארבעה עשר בודקים את החמץ לאור הנר, כל מקום שאין מכניסים בו חמץ אין צריך בדיקה. ובמה אמרו שתי שורות במרתף, מקום שמכניסים בו חמץ, בית שמאי אומרים שתי שורות על פני כל המרתף, ובית הלל אומרים שתי שורות החיצונות שהן העליונות. On the evening of the 14th of the month of Nisan, one searches for leavened bread in his home by candlelight. Any place into which one does not typically take leavened bread does not require a search, as it is unlikely that there is any leavened bread there. And with regard to what the sages of previous generations meant when they said that one must search two rows of wine barrels in a cellar, i.e. a place into which one typically takes some leavened bread, the early Tanaim are in dispute. Bet Shammai say that this is referring to searching the first two rows across the entire cellar, and Bet Hillel say there is no need to search that extensively as it is sufficient to search the two external rows, which are the upper ones. The dispute will be explained and illustrated in the Gemara. Once again, we begin a topic not where you would expect. We're talking about Pesach, Passover. We don't talk about the Seder or Yitziat Mitzrayim, the Exodus or Moses or you know the burning bush or any of these exciting things that we know and love from cartoons and the movies. We talk about searching with candlelight and what does it mean? And here we are already in the cellar looking for leavened bread. And so to give us an idea of what this beautiful tractate would be about, of what the philosophical, moral, artistic, spiritual ideas that we are going to discuss to prepare us mentally, physically, and spiritually for the experience that we're going to have together for the next few months, we welcome, could it really be anybody else, our teacher and our friend, Rabbi David Bashevkin. Hello. Liel, what a kind introduction. And I love that you have different theme songs for the podcast based on different mesechtas, the different tractates. How clever, brilliant, and creative. I noticed that it changed. I didn't realize that it changed based on the tractate. And what a tractate we're about to enter, namely Pesachim, which literally is translated as Passover's plural. And I think there are two central questions that if we could provide some insight into them, we really begin to unlock what is the theme, what is the central message of this tractate. And the first question is the very name, and, and that's the good part. Both of these questions, you don't have to go into deep waters for this. One is the question, what is with the name of this tractate? Yeah, why plurals? Why plural? Why not call it Pesach? I don't celebrate Pesachim, Passover's plural. I just celebrate Pesach or Passover. So why the plural name for the tractate? And secondly, in that first line of the Mishnah, or La'arba Asar, which you so eloquently and beautifully translated on the evening of the 14th, there's a very basic question that even a rudimentary understanding of Hebrew you would notice, and that is, why when we're talking about the ritual of looking for chametz, looking for that unleavened bread, and we'll talk a lot more about that, why do we describe it, that evening ritual, that nighttime ritual, as or, as light? 
Why not describe it as Lila, the Hebrew word for the nighttime, or Erev? We have great words to describe the nighttime. And all of a sudden, right in the first lines of this tractate, in the opening Mishnah, we have a seeming mistranslation. We describe the night as Or. And I think both of these questions relate to the very core of what Pesachim is all about. Pesachim is about the holiday of Passover and all of the rituals entailed in the Passover holiday. And that includes the matzah that I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with, reciting the Haggadah that many of our listeners I'm sure are familiar with, and some things that our listeners may be less familiar with, like sacrificing the Paschal lamb, which we no longer do, though I'm sure we'll discuss some uh, ingenious uh, acts of some, some you know rogue rabbis who tried to reinstate that. Every hundred years or so, there's a group of rabbis who get together and we got to bring that Paschal lamb back. And we'll, we'll talk about the history of that. But at the heart of what Passover is all about is about our national conversion to become Jews, our national conversion where we became a people. And what are the rituals, what are the practices, what are the observances that go into reminding ourselves and concretizing that national of reaffiliation that we are the Jewish people? That's what Passover stands in our historical consciousness. It's the day where we all become converts once again and all become a part of the Jewish people. And that's why it's so interesting. Of all of the holidays, Passover is the only one that has a makeup holiday. Meaning if you miss Hanukkah, we don't have a second Hanukkah a month later that you could make up and do again. If you miss Shavuos, if you miss Sukkot, if you miss any uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, you miss Yom Kippur, you forgot to buy seats in the synagogue, you couldn't get in there. Why can I have a Yom Kippur a couple months later? The only holiday that we have a second Passover for, which is why it's in plural according to many, is we have this notion of a Pesach Sheni, a second Passover. And the reason is, is because Passover is literally the day in which we reaffirm our very Jewish identity. And at the heart of Jewish identity is this concept of beginning and beginning again. The concept of no Jew left behind. Everybody needs a doorway to walk through. Everybody needs these rituals and observances and practices where they can reaffirm their Jewish identity. And at the heart of all of that is this opening line. Because what does it mean to have that Jewish identity? What does it mean to be a part of Jewish history? If not, to look at the nighttime, to look at exile, to look at darkness and see light and see optimism and see opportunity. And that's why this tractate opens up with Or La Arba Asar on the evening of the 14th, where Or light doesn't mean the daytime, it actually means the nighttime. Because at the heart of our national identity and national responsibility to the world is that when we step into the darkness, when we step into an exile, when we step into a place of absence and distance, what we see and what the language that we use is or is one of light. That at the heart of our national identity is transforming the nighttime and darkness into a time of lightness, opportunity, and optimism. 
We haven't even begun the Masechet, and already I feel enlightened and lighter. Rabbi David Mashevkin, thank you so much. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Leo. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.